At the end of your life, what will be your legacy? What will you leave behind for future generations? For the world, join the world messenger, Isabella Lundberg, each week as she brings you a new distinguished guest from the business, sports, or entertainment world to share their success, their struggles, and their lessons. They will share their insights into current hot topics that affect everyone. Isabella facilitates an intimate, vulnerable environment to find the true value of humanity and real leadership. Are you ready for your legacy? The legacy that matters? Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. It's Isabella Lumber here, the World Messenger, and I have another epic episode for you with exceptional guest that is joining us from uh, Erie, Colorado, uh, someone that I had a chance to meet, but also hear speak recently on a recent event and showing her journey of how she turned her pain and issues that she was dealing personally to not only solve it, but help hundreds and millions of others to be able to do the the same. Uh, what happens is when we are dealing with fertility issues, and when we look at someone who has been doing research and find herself with similar problem, uh, we find a tremendous solution. We find proof, uh, which is fantastic testing diagnostic um, fertility spectrum that gives you information you need to know rather quickly and interestingly more cost effectively. Without further ado, let me welcome Amy Buckley uh, to the studio. Amy, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Amy, first of all, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here on the Legacy Leader Show, because where we're having discussions on the real and raw leadership and really helping with existing and future leaders that are trying to carve, obviously, their own path, but also learn from others and learn on things uh, that you have to do in order to uh, step up into not only solution, but also how did you approach even uh, addressing the problem you find yourself in? Um, I mean, I have a PhD in pharmacology, um, so I had been in the scientific field for some time, and I was really passionate about <clears throat> understanding how things worked. Um, I worked in a biotech company, and we studied drugs and, and why they would work and, and um, you know, some of the side effects that some of the drugs would have, um, try to just kind of figure things out. Um, and then I did some vaccine development, and so we, you know, did some some um, you know, novel vaccines and trying to understand, you know, how to make them work better, uh, with less shots <laughs> than, you know, all these, uh, m many, many boosters that we hear about, um, if we can just do it one and done, um, was our goal. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I, I dealt with infertility myself and just kind of going through the health system and seeing so many, you know, closed off doors and just so much red tape and, you know, to go through so much testing and so much time, I've had, you know, multiple miscarriages. So going through the grief of pregnancy loss um, and to be told, we have absolutely no idea what's wrong with you, you know, given the diagnosis of unexplained infertility, it just didn't sit well with me. I wasn't satisfied with that kind of a answer. Um, and I just, I felt like there was so much innovation that had to happen within this space. Um, I mean, if you think about it, fertility is, is elective, just like um, a boob job or liposuction is all elective. Um, and so you have to pay out of pocket. You know, there's certain things that you have to do 
some states do have you know a very very limited man mandated coverage um but it was like you know this is a this is an industry where it's so lucrative because the fertility treatments are paid mm -hmm. out of pocket <laughs> and they're fifteen twenty thousand dollars each cycle and the average woman has to go average couple has to go through two to three cycles so you're talking fifty thousand dollars worth of medical treatments in order to for a woman who's dealing with infertility to get pregnant um and so if you think about there being two million couples in the u.s that are infertile every year that have to go through that it's a very lucrative industry and what what we were seeing is so much innovation and so many dollars going towards making IVF more affordable, more systematic, um, higher success rates. But it was like I wanted to create that space for the people that couldn't afford those those fancy treatments. Um, maybe they didn't live near a clinic. Maybe they didn't want to do injections. Maybe they didn't you know, had a religious belief against IVF. Maybe they didn't, you know, didn't, didn't want to pay their life savings for IVF. They'd rather keep it for college savings account or something like that. Um, and so my goal was to create this middle space where we go, okay, we're trying naturally to let's do non-invasive type of things. And then once that doesn't work, then we jump to IVF. Um, and so, you know, my particular problem was I was unable to hold a pregnancy. I could get pregnant, but I just had a really hard time holding a pregnancy. And it was, um, you know, a hormonal issue that, that, you know, traditional medicine wasn't tracking because it was too difficult to do. Most clinicians use blood draws because that is what's most available and accessible. Um, but when you think about hormones and how they fluctuate across the cycle and the role of different times, you can't capture all that with a single blood draw. And so I like, you know, 30% of the infertile couples out there were getting misdiagnosed because we didn't have the proper diagnostic tool to tell us what was wrong. And so that's where I fit in was, okay, how do we create these tools? How do we provide more data to the patients and their physicians to have a better conversation, to get that to that diagnosis sooner to get that treatment quicker to cheaper uh, treatments, you know, more cost-effective type of ways. Um, and so we created Proof, uh, which is a hormone tracking. Um, it's a suite of hormone tracking diagnostics. We use urine instead of blood and we track over multiple days to look at, at patterns and we can identify, um, you know, ovulatory issues. We can identify low ovarian reserve. We can identify if they're having intercourse at the right timing. Um, we can also look at the modal sperm count to see if he has enough swimmers. There's another thing that we realized is women are doing the majority of this work. <laughs> We're the ones in here tracking our cycles and, and, you know, writing everything down and doing all this stuff when, you know, in reality, 30, 40% of the problem is male and we need to bring them to the party as well and talk about fertility as it takes a sperm and an egg. <laughs> it takes them to meet, it yes. takes it to implant, it takes, you know, all these different things that, that has required for a successful pregnancy. Wow. First of all, I just wanted to say, I'm so sorry to hear about journey and pain because just to conceive the baby, but then to lose the baby and have a miscarriage is, that must be excruciating and very difficult to deal with. 
And then on top of it, to really, as obviously someone who desires to have a baby, continue to do a crusade on this journey to figure out what, what is uh, going on. And I just love how you did this holistically, looking at what's going on, not only with a woman's body and changes, but I also I'm glad that you're addressing big elephant to the room that a lot of times we don't look at what's happening with our partners, what's happening with the uh, male side of a productive system and just to again find solution it's just mind-boggling you unpacked here a lot of great things so amy with that in mind do you mind kind of emphasizing a little bit more about uh, obviously what really started you to begin with to be scientist and then leverage and utilize the scientist degree and obviously hours of research and your doctorate to uh create something so powerful for greater good um, you know, it happened when I was 16, I had really bad migraines and it was, well, you know, it's probably just migraines. Let's get her on, you know, my migraine medication, you know, just, you know, headaches, migraines are just very common, especially for, for females. And it was, you know, I was 16 and, um, I just, I had a physician, I had a doctor that said, you know what, let's go that extra mile. Let's go get her an MRI. Let's just make sure there's nothing else going on. Um, let's just check the box, um, make sure there's not anything, you know, more serious. And I went and I got that scan and it showed a giant tumor at the base of my brain that was cutting off circulation. And I was admitted and I had, you know, <laughs> neurosurgery, brain tumor surgery, wow. Um, you know, immediately. And I, that, that experience saved my life. And I just think of that as, wow, like he went above and beyond and said, you know what, there's this very small percentage chance. This is what it could be. We're going to make sure we uncover everything. We're going to, you know, check all these things. A lot of physicians, a lot of people, a lot of humans don't do that. And so I said, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pay back. I want to be that person. I want to help save lives like I was saved. And um, I originally went to school to be a pre-med <laughs> and didn't get my uh, my medical degree, um, but that just didn't work out for me. I worked in a um, ER and I volunteered and I didn't like the side of needles. I would like almost pass out. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I just I, like needles were fine, but like needles going into somebody's skin, like it was just something about that. There's just like, I don't like this. I just don't like it. Um, and so then I switched paths to more science and, you know, creating the devices, creating the tools that, that physicians would use. And that's how I was going to kind of help shape uh, healthcare. Um, and then it wasn't until I saw the fertility space and the need for innovation in that space that I said, okay. This is the subject I want to do. <laughs> oh my goodness, you are unstoppable. First of all, I am so thrilled to know you. Kudos for a strength and turning your not only lemons on the lemonade, but making something amazing with seems like you're doing this like a second time in your life, at least that I now know uh, when you turn the diagnosis and situation into not only learning experience, but also towards more preventative healthcare and much more awareness and understanding, which is phenomenal. So when we look at it, that, so now you fast forwarded that to fertility, to another issue that you successfully solved, 
And then you did something amazing with that. And I know that you mentioned some interesting data uh, when you were talking about how do we really look at approach even around preventative health, but also around productive systems and how we look at uh, also uh, how do we reproduce and uh, do you mind sharing with everybody watching and listening that are clueless or really know only expensive side of things? Uh, what did you discover and what usually causes infertility and all of these difficult issues? You mentioned hormones, uh, but I'm sure it's more elements to that and um, that everybody I'm sure eager to learn. Yeah, yeah. so, um, you know, conception takes a sperm and an egg and then, um, them to meet and then implant in the uterus. And then, you know, it's got to go down the fallopian tube. It's got to implant in the uterus. You got to, you know, all these, there's so many different things that has to happen. Um, and basically, you know, ovulation tests have been out for years. You can go to target Walgreens, whatever, and pick up, you know, ovulation tests, Amazon, and those help help couples understand, you know, when they're ovulating. So when their fertile window is when to time intercourse and, People thought, oh, well, you know, if you're ovulating and you're fertile, that obviously means you had a healthy ovulatory cycle and that you can get pregnant. Um, but that is not the fact. That's not truth. Um, and so basically what we do is it's not the fact of ovulating. We call it successful ovulation. And so, you know, instead of people thinking, okay, ovulation is just the release of an egg to be fertilized. That's all really ovulation is. Ovulation is more than that. It is preparing the uterus for conception. And so before the egg is released, it produces um, estrogen. Estrogen thickens the uterine lining for implantation later in the cycle. And then after ovulation, the ovary makes a second hormone called progesterone. That is what creates that stickiness of the uterus so that it can um, uh, promote implantation of that fertilized embryo. So Everybody was focused on timing, intercourse, sperm meets egg as like, oh, well, that's the only thing that we can control. That's all, all we know. And so I'd go in and they say, well, you know, you're getting pregnant. You're obviously ovulating. So they kind of check that box or, oh, you have regular cycles or, um, you know, you have a positive ovulation test every month, you know, that's like, oh, you're ovulating. We discovered ovulation is not a yes or no. It's a pregnancy-friendly or not pregnancy-friendly type of ovulation. And so we look at hormones across the implantation window, and we make sure that you have sustained elevated progesterone, and we do that via the urine metabolite of progesterone called PDG. Um, and we track it over this four-day window. We say, okay, is it high? Is it remaining high? Um, and then we did a clinical study where we looked at this hormone level in women, and the women that had low levels after ovulation would miscarry almost 90% of the time. And the women that had the high levels during this implantation window um, would go on and only have a miscarriage maybe 14% of the time. And so you have a situation where if you monitor your entire ovulation, what your hormones are doing across the cycle, you can increase your pregnancy chances by eightfold. Like it's huge. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so we've, we've helped women identify issues that, They've never been able to to identify because blood work misses this <clears throat> this problem, um, and so you know <clears throat> women can advocate for for cheaper treatments. They can say, "Hey, I think it's an ovulation issue. Can we do X, Y, and Z? Can I have this medication, that medication?" 
Um, and so it's just, a, it's a matter of empowering that woman to have the information about her body, to think of conception as, okay, it takes an egg and a sperm. They have to meet and then they have to implant. Like you have to have all those things happen at the same, you know, in one cycle for conception to happen and to come to the doctor's office with that information and say, okay, this is what's going on. I think I have a problem with timing, or I think I don't have any eggs, or I don't, I'm not implanting or whatever it is. So that doctor can have more um, information to help guide better treatments. That is amazing and fascinating. Again, what, again, research, knowledge, testing, giving yourself chance to um, try new things can really turn things around for so many people that so desperately desire to have um, the baby, to have expansion, extension of their family. And uh, what, a, what a great way to learn also what's missing, right? Because one of the things, what I heard you also before say that um, we focus so much on woman and woman body and things from traditional approaches, blood work, but now you through urine and other elements you're finding more. But you did also something to find more about a man, didn't you? Yeah, so we partnered with a sperm health company and we created a test that allows women or couples to test their male partner at home. And so there's two huge factors that control conception rates. That is the sperm count and the motility. And so you need enough sperm to swim towards the egg to fertilize it. And so it's just a, it's a, like a little microscope slide. It comes with a little, uh, like a microscope type of thing. It connects to your phone and you do the sample at home. You know, you don't have to worry about sending it to labs. You get this sample, it goes to your phone and you can see a video of the modal sperm and it counts in, it scores it. You can track it over time. Um, we offer health, healthy tips like what supplements, lifestyle, um, things to kind of improve sperm quality. And so we want both partners to have an active, you know, role in this and to both promote optimal fertility because, you know, a lot of times it's the male or it's a combination of male and female. Mm. That is also very eye-opening because I remember some of my friends and, and that was always uh, in the past uh, focused so much on women that uh, very few and, and, and very rarely, and then, you know, focus on male reproductive system because it was just assumed, right? And because of sexual healthy lifestyle or production of sperm, but without really going into all the other specifications. And um, I'm so glad that that is also changing because woman body usually goes through a lot of hormonal treatments as a result of it. And without ever guarantee it's going to work or not. And without ever fully knowing effects of it or side effects for that matter. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if if we're going to go through all these invasive treatments, we're going to go into doctors. Like we need to at least check both sides of the equation and come in very educated on both, both parts of it. 
But one thing I've really been fascinating uh, when you were sharing recent on recent event, statistics and data that is affecting people and population on global scale. We're seeing exponential growth, yes, technologically, scientifically, and many other avenues, but yet we're still failing on the most basic elements and uh, which we're also looking at quality of life. How is the stress, pollution, and other factors impacting uh, not only longevity and quality of life, but also opportunity to reproduce the life. So do you mind sharing a little bit about that data? Because to me, was it eye-opening? Even though you assume a lot of things have a cause and effect, but we don't really look at things uh, unless we need to, right? Or not we're in that position. Uh, so do you mind reflecting uh, so a little bit about your trip in India, and but also overall understanding the lay of the land and landscape on global scale. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the global infertility rates are plummeting. Um, there's this, they used to be one out of 10 couples had was dealing with infertility. It's now as low as one in four couples. And there's many, many different um, reasons why. Um, sperm counts have decreased 50% in the last 50 years. Um, and so like just the count and motility has just drastically gone down. Um, you know, women have more hormone imbalance, more ovulatory issues, more health concerns that cause infertility. So the biggest ones on the female side are PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, diabetes type two is the main culprit there. Um, uh, being overweight, um, you know, high pollution. So I went to India um, and they have a really, really high infertility rate. And it's because of just the high pollution rates um, that they have in that country. Cause just because it's just so many people there that they can't, <laughs> they can't have clean air and clean drinking water um, is, is really difficult. Um, but yeah, they, there's a number of, of, you know, couples have to conceive so many children to reproduce and to maintain the world's population. And that number is about 2.5. So if every couple has about two and a half children, then we can maintain the world's population. In most developed countries, that number is below 2.5. And so I also went to Japan where the number is 1.7. So it's definitely below that 2.5. And there, it was a lot of policy changes and issues where they weren't incentivizing young couples to conceive. It was almost like shame for a woman to have to to be pregnant, and she so she couldn't be a, a mother and great raise a family and a career woman at the same time. She had to choose. Um, you know, in the U.S., we're seeing just really high healthcare rates. You know, cause you know infertility treatments, the cost of housing everywhere. Like inflation is so high that couples are choosing to either have one child or no children because they can't afford them, <laughs> or they're not incentivized. They say, "Oh well, if I have this child, then I have to pay for daycare. I would rather just go on vacations." Um, you know, and then, you know, the high cost of living is, is causing more couples to wait longer because we have to set up our careers and, mm -hmm. you know, create that, you know, like, you know, we used to say, get the ducks in the robe, then have kids, right? Well, it just takes way much, much longer to buy a good house, save up enough money to have a good house and a good school district. Um, and so by the time they're 
of you know ready to to build a family they're in their late 30s then it's a okay well now i can only have one child <laughs> or now i'm i'm infertile and i can't afford the treatment so i'm going to have no no children so it's more than just like it's creating policy change it's supporting women supporting couples to have families um it's just it's been a probably a couple decade long issue that's finally becoming a huge economic crisis. Um, I don't remember who said it, but it was a very popular economic um, economist who said the number one threat that the U.S. has to the economy is fertility. It's the declining fertility rates. Because if you think about it, if you don't reproduce and you don't fill out that working class, you don't have soldiers, you don't have workers. (laughs) right you can kind of see that going on in in China right now where so much aging population because they had that one child rule to get the population down now you have very few people supporting huge population that can't work anymore and you see the economy just struggling because of it so I mean if we want to stay in you know economic you know, good side, <laughs> then we need to focus on on fertility and solutions and democratizing fertility care. Wow, that is such a beautiful overview. And then thank you for sharing that. It's, a, it's, it's painful to hear it, actually, the statistics. But what's so beautiful is that we really have to have these conversations. And then a lot of times we don't see cause and effect and, and, and implications, not maybe immediate today or in the next five, 10 years, but definitely that's going to start showing up soon after. And a lot of times we see this as like, oh, it's going to happen after my lifetime. And, and I feel like that is so irresponsible. It's about what we can do with knowledge that we have to do better. And since you're an amazing champion and doing exactly that from whatever you face, not only to learn from it, but also to adjust your game and then to do better, not to better just yourself and overcome challenges, but now educate others. So please tell us about Prove, about your company and how you designed and scaled this so that you can be part of the solution. So Prove is a uh, diagnostic platform. Um, We have an FDA clearance on our test. Um, We're cleared for home use. So that means that that couples can do them at home in their their home environment and then share the results with their physicians. Um, We did that so that everything could be accessible. Um, You know, our, our most expensive product, which scans for, you know, 87% of the causes of infertility at home, is under $100. And so we really want to make things accessible, affordable. Um, you know, we're available on Amazon, on our website. We are launching into major retail location um, later this year. And it's about, you know, anybody who, you know, wants to learn about their fertility and, and build that family unit has the access to the tools. And so it's a platform. We have um, you know, diagnostic tests, like they kind of look like pregnancy tests, honestly. Um, they're just, or like a COVID test. We all know what a COVID test is. So it's like a little, um, it's got one line or two and you kind of read the lines. Well, we have those tests. We pair them with our phone app and basically the phone app walks you through the entire protocol. It tells you, you know, when to test, um, and then use the phone camera. You take an image of the test. It reads it for you. It tells you if it's positive or negative. It tells you the next steps. 
and it builds that entire pro, uh, hormone profile across your cycle. And at the end, you get a report that tells you exactly, you know, what, what's going on with your cycle. You know, you have um, diminishing ovarian reserve. That means you don't have many eggs left. We should go talk to a doctor in case, you know, you want to preserve your eggs or you want to start conceiving naturally. Now um, we'll talk about, you know, timing intercourse, make sure sperm and egg are meeting. Um, and we talk about the implantation window and make sure the hormones are um, elevated during that window and we score the cycle. Um, and then we provide resources to help have a healthy cycle. So we have some supplements that can help, you know, maintain healthy estrogen and progesterone levels across your cycle. Um, and then we have doctor support. So if you did identify an issue and you want to talk to a physician, we work with virtual clinics that can take that information and use that to diagnose and treat you for whatever condition. A lot of these things can be done virtually. And so instead of having to schedule time to go to a physician, you know, pay the, you know, three, $400 for the visit, you can do this at your home via video chat, get the medication shipped to your house. Um, and so just making, just making fertility accessible and affordable, um, and, and get some of those questions answered for couples. That's amazing. And what's so beautiful, obviously now it's helping hundreds and thousands of people and you wanted to take that uh, uh, to this larger, larger scale. I'm, I'm sure it's uh, number is as huge as it already as it is, but just having that vision um, because so many people around the globe are also struggling. So with that in mind, um, you did this on your own. You started this conception of solution and then you created your company and then you started to figure it out how to get it on the market so that not only others can know about it, but can really offer this strong partnership, as you just mentioned, with different types of clinics and, and, and healthcare providers around the country and internationally. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that journey? Because obviously when we have a high pain, right? And when we create tremendous value and find a solution, um, things doesn't happen overnight. So how, how that journey worked out for you, please? Uh, so that's a good story too. Um, so I had this issue and I, uh, I, I figured it out. So I had to go, I did do IVF for my son, who's now 12. And after it, um, I went to conceive my, my daughter who, um, is now nine. And I said, okay, I don't want to do IVF again. Let's try to figure this out. Um, and so I went back to my physician and I had many, many, many conversations with him about, okay, what is it that we're missing? Like, you know, what's going on? And so then we started talking about, you know, the health of the luteal phase and what happens during implantation. And I said, I just think I need more progesterone. I just think that it dropped too soon. You know, like part of IVF is giving progesterone throughout your, you know, the entire time. So we know it works, we know it's effective. Why don't I just skip the IVF part and then just get that same treatment? And he said, sure, why not? Um, it's not gonna hurt anything. And so I did that and I was able to conceive like within a couple months. And I was like, wow, this is literally the secret is just that there was no diagnostic test to tell me that's what I needed. Um, and in IVF, they basically fix everything. <laughs> Um, and so I 
kind of came out of the closet and started talking to all my friends about, you know, what I was dealing with and what, what you know, cause when you're a female and you're, you want to be a mom and you can't, it's like the worst feeling. You feel ashamed. You don't want to talk to people. Um, so I'd never told anybody I was struggling. Um, but then once I was successful, I kind of came out to people and told them and they would just send me emails or private messages with, I'm dealing with the same thing. What did you do? What did you do? Mm-hmm. And so I helped, you know, a few, a few people, a few of my close friends get pregnant. And I had a friend call me who was also, um, uh, went through IVF to, to conceive her son, Amy, do you know how to make a home progesterone test? I said, <laughs> yeah, I think I could probably figure it out. She's like, we should just do it. Like there's so many people out there that can benefit for such an easy technology. Like, why don't we just do it? Why don't we just try it? So we got together and we, you know, purchased the reagents off the internet and I went into my basement and I kind of did the prototypes and I figured out it was possible. I read all the literature. I was like, this is what we're going to do. Um, you know, and we were just two scientists that dealt with infertility. We didn't have any money. We weren't connected to the VC scene. We were just two women trying to make a difference. Um, and so we went off Upwork and bought a $50 logo and logged into indiegogo.com and said how do i create a campaign and we did crowdfunding and we just you know i created all the marketing materials with powerpoint <laughs> it's really really bad when you, when you look back at them i was like wow what was i what was i doing <laughs> but i just you just have to do it and you know i just i said this is my idea this is my product this is how i think i can help um and we just posted it and we posted it a couple of uh, facebook groups and said hey if you if you fund this project we'll make it and then we'll send it to you as a thank you and we got funded within 48 hours and just got the money created the prototypes and just sold it and kind of did it from there um the first year we had about $100,000 in revenue and we decided, all right, if we really want to make this a real company and help more people, we have to go out and get venture funding. Um, and so I took all the money I had left in the bank, went to San Francisco, got a really cheap hotel in a not so safe part of town, um, yeah. paid $4,000 to pitch at some conference um, and, and, did my five minutes and I met a fantastic woman there who um, was funded by um, major retail and, and major um, consumer uh, health companies. And she said, this is amazing. Let's, let's do this. Um, so I went through an accelerator program with her. Um, I took on a, um, a co-founder who's a marketer. And so she actually created real marketing assets and a box and <laughs> all that fun stuff. Um, and we just started growing and, and selling and, you know, the success of the company, the success of the product is a direct correlation with the people that we're helping. And mm-hmm. so basically women, we help them, they tell their friends about, you know, okay, prove, help me get pregnant, help me identify issue, whatever it is. And then, so we've just been growing that way. Um, and so we just are there to support and do the right thing. And it's allowed us to, to grow and take on venture funding and help more people. That is amazing. And thank you again, Sharon, for that, uh, piece, because a lot of times people 
don't understand it's not just a you know uh one-time thing it's also commitment it's a passion it's desire it's a knowledge but it's also continuation uh to tweak to grow and look at that and now you have something that you can now roll out on global scene and which is phenomenal and solve millions and millions of people's uh lives and their solutions and make it so cost effective uh, first of all, kudos you because oh, besides being that amazing scientist, you became such an amazing entrepreneur, and and you did a lot of great things by trial and error and showing up and look at where all this tech uh, took you. So with that in closing, do you mind sharing for anybody that have similar situation where they want to solve the problem, wanted to come up with something that they can make a tremendous impact on the larger scale? What would you recommend? What would advise you? Would you give them? Um, the biggest advice is think outside the box, think of strategic ways or innovative ways to do it. Um, I mean, we did crowdfunding and we raised 50,000. No, it wasn't even that much. It was like 40, little over $40,000. And that was enough to launch a medical device. And it was because we knew what to do. We knew the FDA, we went on their website, we read the directions, we understood what we had to do. Um, and we just, we just did it and you do it very stepwise. So, you know, to start something, you don't have to have millions, millions of dollars. You don't have to have, you know, fancy this and that or the other thing. Um, you just need to know the rules and know how to play by the rules to get what it is that you want. Um, our crowdfunding campaign had 287 women that enrolled in it. Wow. And so at the end of that campaign, we had 287 women that were bought into our technology, what we were doing. And so instead of paying a large you know, clinical trial organization to do a clinical trial, I turned around and said, hey, do you want to enroll in this? And they all said, not all of them, but a lot of them said yes. And based on the ones that, that enrolled, we had enough data to make sure that we were FDA compliant. We were producing good, solid devices that would work. And so instead of having to pay to get that data, we found a new way for people to pay us to collect that data. Right. Because mm -hmm. we were giving them a product that they needed, but we needed yes. the information back from them to make the product. And so it was a good relationship with the right consumer um, to get that done. And so if you think about traditional, it's like, okay, well, first you have to have an idea and then you have to do a seed funding, right? And then you have to do this and this, like, that is not truth. That's not how everybody does it. Right. If you can think of a different way, if you can be strategic and like, Think about the problem in another way. You can make it happen. Um, you know that, and you have to have so much passion for what you're doing. You have to enjoy what you're doing because there's so many ups and downs. The ups are really up, and the downs are really down. Um, so you really have to be all in and enjoy what you're doing um, because it is very hard. 
I love it. And again, I'm so glad you were introducing that. Yes, just because traditionally certain things have been done certain way, falling for those blueprints and cookie cutter approaches and outdated information um, will just slow down and maybe actually it will put you in position to give up. But I just love how you were able to figure it out and and innovate constantly with and with your approaches and your strategies, and also have a amazing people corral behind you. So that that speaks so much about your leadership and who you are. So Amy, you obviously are leading and living with with your legacy already. You're already making such a huge footprint and obviously have plenty to leave behind for future generation just from these efforts that you most recently did. So what's in the bucket list and what would you like to be remembered and known for? Um, this is a really good question and I don't know if I've ever had anybody ask me that. So um, what's in the future, what's, what's kind of left for us is you know, hormones are what make women unique and powerful and amazing. And there's a lot of issues with the menstrual cycle that cause us to not be our best, whether that's, um, you know, PMS, heavy periods, painful periods, going through menopause. And yeah. so we want to move out of just helping people through fertility issues, but also anybody with the cycle, if we can help have her get a balanced cycle it unlocks all this creativity it, it unlocks all this joy and um you know just more work ethic more drive um you know at any stage of a woman's life um and so you know what i really want i guess my my legacy or people to remember me for is that i was the one that helped them understand their cycle and how it affects their lives so that they can either advocate to get it changed, supplement themselves, create a healthy cycle. And it just starts with that education because we're not given that education in school. I was a PhD level scientist that went through years and years of schooling. Yes. I came off birth control pill. I knew nothing about my cycle, nothing. <laughs> I had to tell self-teach. And this is what all these women are doing is they're self-teaching about their menstrual cycle. Um, and it's, it's just a really difficult thing to do. And so I want to be that knowledge base and that testing platform, that solutions platform to help women reach their goals. I love it. I can't wait to see what is coming because as you mentioned, a lot of us are in different stages of life. Understanding our hormones is crucial, specifically because we're hitting uh, different stages, as you mentioned, uh, menopause or whatever might be just a simple hormonal change. And it's so beautiful to have, again, women advocating for women health and holding the torch and showing what's possible and trailing the blaze. I mean, blazing the trail uh, with opportunities uh, so we can be uh, more educated and make a better decision. Amy, it was absolute pleasure to have you on Legacy Leader Show and share this. We'll definitely have you down the road come back. But in the meantime, for everyone that wants to connect, learn more, and really find the ways to really investigate their own hormones and everything else is the best way for them to go to your company website, which is P-R-O-O-We, Prove, uh, so Prove.com. Uh, Proofetest.com. Proofetest.com. Sorry. Yeah, yeah okay. that is the best way. 
Um, we're also on Amazon. We do, you know, prime delivery, all that fun stuff. Um, we have a great Facebook community. And so if you're struggling with fertility or hormone issues and need some support, um, fertility uh, support group, uh, prove user and support group. So you can just kind of put that into the search bar on Facebook. Um, but yeah, we're here to support any way we can. We Oh, and if you go to the website, definitely sign up for the emails. So much educational content. It's all free. We really want people to be educated and empowered. Um, and so that's one of our pillars of our company is just education. So if you go to like the blog section of the website, it's all these really cool things about fertility and hormones that you never learned in school. Thank you for listening to Legacy Leader Show. If you enjoyed the content and had a positive experience, then please leave us a positive rating. In addition, leave us positive review whenever you are listening on whatever platform there might be. Make sure your friends and family also know about the benefit and value that we provide and what we have to offer. Cheers.